Hi, everyone. I'm back. It's Gracie with Self-Care with Gracie, and I'm really excited. I have a special guest here to speak with us today, and her name is Jenny Falco, and she also goes by Janutsa. I met her um, about three weeks ago. Uh, a good friend of mine here in D.C. was like, you have to meet my teacher, Jenny. She's amazing. She's like a psychic. She helps like women with sexuality issues, and I didn't even really know what it was, but I was like, I'm signing up. Like, I really need that. Um, those of you who read my blog know that I, like, uh, am doing a big, like, sexual exploration of, like, yeah, we can talk about this stuff. And actually, we need to talk about our sexuality and, and wanting to bring more clarity to that process for us. So I showed up, and just right away from meeting Jenny, she's, she's just uh, this very great soul. I, can, I could feel that. And really traveled and lived all over the world. She's... Um, been a world traveler since 1989 and has lived in Bali and Ethiopia and Brazil and um, has studied at Nairobi Institute in Boulder, Colorado, and she has her master's in transformative leadership um, from the California Institute of Integral Studies in San Francisco, and she has a uh, teaching and counseling practice that, uh, that she maintains from Bainbridge Island in Washington State. And it was, she just brought this, like, very international flair, but also this really, really real and grounded perspective on everybody's, everyone's situations. And it was, it was a small group that we had, but everyone shared so deeply right away around what was opening up for us in our lives and our sexuality and uh, the way that Jenny handled it was so amazing. And so as they were leaving, I was like, I need you on the podcast. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm so honored that you can spend some time today, Jenny, and, and to talk to us. So thank you for being here. Oh, thanks for having me, Gracie. I'm excited too. Yeah, cool. I'd love to start just to ask you from all of this like amazing perspective and this international work that you've done, and I'm sure you've worked with so many people. Like, how have you understood self care, and like, what what does that play in your work and in your life? The, the role of self care. Mm-hmm. Well, self-care is key. Self-care is central to uh, my being able to be in practice. Um, And quite honestly, I learned the value of self-care kind of by not uh, understanding it. Um, I reached a a burnout pretty early in my my, uh, career here and just recognized I was putting a lot more energy into taking care of others and I was kind of forgetting about me. Um, And not just in my work, I'm also a mom and I'm engaged in my community here. And I just noticed this pattern that I had all this energy going out, but I was forgetting about um, me. And then I just had an awakening one day. I I think I read something somewhere um, that the little message they give you on the airplane about uh, if there's an emergency, you know, fix your oxygen mask first before you try to help anybody else and it was just like aha of course you know if I can't breathe I can't help anybody else breathe and so I had to you know make some changes in lifestyle and habits but I realized that when I give myself even just you know once a week a focus on nourishing and enlivening me and putting my needs first taking care of of all of this before I reach out to others it's just better all around so, um, yeah, self-care is very important to me now, and um, it looks different every, every time. You know, sometimes it could be just a quiet time, sometimes I need a, a service, sometimes it's meditation, but um, it's, it's definitely an integrated part of all I do now. We'll never neglect me again. 
Mm, I love what you said about it being like we can learn what self-care is by not doing it. We learn the benefit of self-care by not doing it. Like, I think that's a path for a lot of us. I know it was for myself. It was like hitting the same wall again and again and then realizing that like, like self-care was actually like the way to like climb over the wall. For sure. And then having just such immediate positive response. I think for a lot of women and um, maybe a lot of parents uh, specifically too, um, we're kind of conditioned to, you know, do for others first or, you know, um, maybe we have a block and we think, oh, uh, that's so selfish if I, if I put my needs first or I'm thinking about me, I, I should be in this greater service. But, um, you know, just the, the, um, the result and the feedback when I did that, um, it, it made so much sense to me. And, and I noticed I was that much more available for people and all my work improved too because I was healthy and balanced. So that's why I'll never neglect it again. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, I, I, I love that. And I'm, I'm curious about that. Like, you know, we talk a lot about this, like, oxygen mask principle. But why do, why do you think that, that we do that? It, it does seem to be a little bit more of, like, a thing that, that we do as women. But, like, why is – it, is it just conditioning or I, – I, mm. I, mean, I, guess, I guess I say that because I feel like I, I've always said that it's the wrong conditioning. But the more I work with myself and my clients, I, I see that maybe it's, like, a fear of – of really knowing ourselves too, that if we're focused on mm. everybody else, then we don't have to like pay attention to ourselves, which um, mm-hmm. do, you, do you ever notice that in your work? Um, not so much right now, but I can, I can think to a time when that was true. Um, and that feels maybe like uh, just uh, distractions, right? Uh, maybe, yeah, there is uh, an intensity of having that much awareness. So if we just keep ourselves busy or we put the attention outward, and we don't have to deal with our stuff or, you know, some of the discomfort that comes through raising that self-awareness. Um, I think everybody's excited to get more aware, but uh, sometimes we assume uh, we're going to go right into bliss, right? Or, uh, you know, putting that attention to ourselves, um, we're just going to be so shiny and happy, but that's not always the case. Sometimes as we get more self-aware, we realize the places maybe we're avoiding uh, our truth or we've been resistant to some change that needs to happen. We face our demons first before we get blissed out. So some of it could be, yeah, some fear or or some knowing that there's a deep well there that we have to dive into. Um, Sometimes it's just habits. Uh, Sometimes it's time management. You know, if we only have so many hours in the day, you know, the other people might not wait, but we can put ourselves on hold, you know. But if we get in that habit and, and that is uh, becoming the dominant experience, then we lose ourselves. So, um, you know, in my case, there was a wake-up call because it wasn't working. You know, for some people, it could work like this to just not be in touch for so long, I, I guess. But, um, you know, if, if anybody out there is resonating with this message and, and they're not in the practice of uh, daily self-care or regular self-care, I'd encourage them to, you know, try it and see what happens because they might be surprised by, um, you know, the result. Mm. Yeah, the, the power of it. That, um, yeah, it, like, yeah, the more I see people go through this process, the more I'm like, I, I think we hold back from our self-care not because we're lazy. I think we all have stories we tell ourselves. Like, I know I, like, have this, this story for years that I had that I was, like, lazy about things. And then I realized, like, I don't, I don't think I was lazy. I think I was afraid of being powerful in my own life, mm-hmm. and I was afraid of 
knowing myself, and I'm still really afraid of knowing myself. Like I'm, I'm doing some like deep kind of looking inside of myself work right now, and it's, it's still really scary. Like I don't, I, I guess I don't really know how to, how to get past the fear. But, but talking to you right now, I wonder like, do, do you feel like it's in? Do you feel like we ever get past that part of it? Hmm. Um. I think we can get past. Yes. I, I think fear has a lot of layers, and right now you might think the fear is um, is knowing the, those parts of yourself. Um, sometimes there's fear of failure. Sometimes there's fear of exposure. Um, but I think the biggest fear that we carry around, um, again, especially as, as women, is the fear of the greatness, you know. Like um, you could be afraid that you will fail or you could be afraid that you might find out something you don't want to find out. But if you've looked at that for so long, that's no big deal. You know, you kind of hang out. Fear almost is like a safe zone, right? But, you know, if you haven't aligned with your greatness, that could actually be the bigger fear. You know, oh, my gosh, what if I had to let go of this story of limitation or restraint? What if actually I'm, I'm amazing, you know, and that's going to change my relationships or, you know, make me more vulnerable in the world? Um, so, you know, the pushing past that part, <clears throat> getting to that deeper layer, excuse me, um, is where I, I encourage people to go. Um, fear is just an energy like anything else, and if you can get in touch with that and recognize it for what it is, and then work with it, sometimes fear can actually be fuel. I'm sure um, people listening can imagine a time they were motivated by fear, actually had to get busy, take action, go do something because they were so afraid, you know. So fear doesn't always have to be a bad thing. Sometimes it puts us in touch with um, something bigger that's pressing in, and then as soon as we just adapt, uh, you know, and get connected with that, that greater thing, Sometimes fear is just an illusion. You know, it prompted us someplace, but there was nothing really, nothing real there that um, we really needed to be afraid of. We just chose to. <laughs> yeah, I love that, and and it it feels really important to me right now. Just um, the ability to look at fear as being multifaceted, that like it could help. Mm-hmm. Um, Show us where maybe we don't need to go. I always, I always think of this yoga. One of the yoga sutras is um, suffering that can be avoided should be avoided. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think that's a really powerful message. That like, you know, we don't necessarily need to like drag every fight out. If like, if it, if we're, there's something in us that's telling us it's really not, not good. Or I, and I guess maybe that's like trusting intuition. Um, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then there's the fear that, like, is the blockage. So h- how do you learn to distinguish between those, those two? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. And it's actually a question I get a lot because, um, you know, at the center of my work um, is this connection with uh, my intuition or uh, my ability to see clearly. And that's something um, I was born with these abilities, but I definitely had to learn how to use them over the years. And again, kind of the same way I came to self-care, I learned what I was supposed to do by first experiencing what I wasn't supposed to do. Um, And what I'm I'm not supposed to do ever is um, ignore my inner knowing or uh, talk myself out of uh, an intuitive prompt. Uh, The the, the intuition that comes through comes from me. Every thought I have is mine. Um, and, And intuition is thought 
that has some kind of uh, somatic resonance behind it, some kind of feeling or some kind of um, stronger physical uh, intelligence. And so for me personally, I, um, I, I did through meditation and uh, some making contracts with myself uh, to understand where this information comes from in me. So uh, like one example is uh, thoughts for me are mostly in my head um, where feelings are more in my body. Um, intuition is like a gut feeling or a sensation. Uh, more than me thinking about something, uh, you know, the hair on my, on my arms will stand up or I'll get a, a power surge in my heart, I'll feel warm or something. And that's, that's a signal to me, hey, pay attention to this or something here is beyond just thinking. Um, I've noticed also that if, uh, if I'm, you know, spinning my own thoughts, I'm thinking and speaking in first person, um, so, for example, I might say, you know, oh, I should go here, <laughs> or I should uh, collect this, or whatever. It's, it's me directing the thought. And when I have a stronger intuition, it usually comes um, as if someone else is talking to me. So the thought or the feeling would be, you should go visit this place, or you should go collect this thing. And then I have to uh, listen to that, oh, Who's talking, you know? Oh, okay. A message is coming in for me. So, um, you know, these are just a couple of the ways I've learned to reference myself. Um, but uh, you, you, you made a good point about uh, the trusting. So all of us have the ability to hear the intuition. Everybody is intuitive. I believe everybody's quite psychic too. Um, it's just what do you do with it? And are you trained? Do, do you know how to work with this information that's coming from you. So there's a little bit of a discipline needed. Um, sometimes I've had intuitions that I didn't want to listen to or they frightened me. Um, and one real strong one, even just as recently as last year, was um, having an intuition that I should have locked something up and I didn't. And sure enough, um, I, I got robbed. You know, somebody broke in, but they didn't have to break in because it wasn't locked, you know. But my intuition said, go back and lock that, and I was too tired, or I just ignored it. And, and then I had that experience. So again, strengthening this discipline or this commitment to always listen to my inner voice. I think that's where we have the most work to do on a transpersonal level, um, is just learning to, to trust what we hear and what we do know even if other people might uh, talk us out of it or it's inconvenient or unpopular, you know, to have this view. Um, you know if you get quiet and you get still and you tune into yourself, you've got all the answers you need inside you all the time, and they're always, you know, trying to inform the experience. So we have to be careful that we're not blocking ourselves too, you know, for whatever reason, fear or resistance or lethargy <laughs> in my case. So, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of my take on it now. And, again, you know, this has been something I've been really focused on for many years. <clears throat> this is my entire practice. So I don't do anything else. This is my, my livelihood and my passion. Um, but I think for a lot of other women out there, you know, again, the time piece, it's like, well, how much time do I have to, to sit and tune in to myself? You know, I'm, I'm busy with a job and a relationship and children and whatever other commitments. So, um, just from a practice perspective, we, we have to carve out the time to strengthen these abilities. 
Um, but I believe if we do, um, they'll serve us forever and ever. So I definitely encourage uh, people putting attention to this power within themselves. Mm. What a beautiful way of mapping all of that out. I love the layers of like understanding like being in the body. And I think that's so true for myself is just like, feeling, like I kind of get this little feeling around my tailbone area, it's like a tingly feeling when something doesn't uh-huh. feel quite right to me, um, yeah. and it took me a long time to realize that was my intuition, um, and then also, I, I've never thought about thinking about if, if I'm using the I or the you, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start to pay attention to that, it's like what that voice is telling me and where that's coming from, because that feels really yeah. um, clear, too. Yeah, uh, maybe you'll you'll have that same experience. Um, another thing that's important to um, understand is just filters and um, what's yours, what's everybody else's, um, you know, what you might absorb from the collective. Um, I had an experience just a couple of weeks ago where um, a neighbor didn't recognize my son, and um, he was at the mailbox or whatnot. Uh, she thought he was. Uh, stealing the mail, and she was so upset and worried, you know, and scared of, of him. Um, and he came home and told me this story. So I went out to, to meet this neighbor, and as I was walking towards her car, you know, she was still really um, uh, excited about this situation. And as I got closer to her, I started to feel her excitement and, uh, and the fear that just, you know, she had embodied not knowing uh, this kid, right? And I had to really pause and take a deep breath and kind of send it back to her because I knew this wasn't my energy, but it came into me so fast. Um, and I think this happens a lot, um, and we just don't recognize it, we don't notice it, or uh, we do, our minds start to attach certain things to it. You know, there are times where you could f- have a wave of anxiety or, um, you know, feel some confusion or some aggression or something, and then try to figure that out because it's so pressing in your experience. Sometimes you've got to pause and just say, is this mine? Is this real? You know, is this true? And then, again, go back into that awareness, that, that self-reference to, to get the answer. And if it is yours, then, of course, you've got to deal with it or you've got to move it through somehow. But if it's not yours, that's another place where practice can come in and just using breath or, you know, this concept of conscious embodiment, you can stay healthier um, and then that strengthens your connection to self and your ability to understand intuition, understand your emotions, you know, and then just manage all of that information that's constantly in the experience. So filter is also a good practice for people to um, explore. And then, um, you know, um, protection through, uh, you know, staying present, being mindful and being in every moment, not letting things just happen by default or being on autopilot and then, uh, you know, lapsing into a negative state of being that you don't want to be in. (laughs) I think that can get in the way for some people too is, all the extra noise that's in our experience all the time. Yeah, yeah, and we, we live in these super busy states, and um, and and I think to your point earlier that people say like, "Well, I'm so busy, I don't have time to like tune into my intuition," and and like what what that kind of like saves you in the long run. And I'm thinking for myself um, of, of a relationship I was in a few years ago, and it, I, I came into this relationship with my 
my father got sick and I was, there was so much going on and it was, it's interesting when I look back at that time, there were a few kind of very negative forces that came into my life around that time, that transition. And mm-hmm. I think because I was so busy and overwhelmed, I just didn't have my, my defense was more up in the same way. And I was able to like let some people in that maybe like right now I wouldn't be able to. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and just like once, once the, the, like especially this one person came into my life, it just, it was so hard to kind of break the feelings around that and it, it took me so long in the future like I wish I could say like as soon as I realized that it wasn't a very positive relationship I ended it and that wasn't the case there was so much drama uh-huh. back and forth and breaking up and and I, I talked to you about this when I first met you and and you were like but you knew it right away and I was like yeah I knew it right away. <laughs> like I could have told you like within the first night probably but it, it wasn't a good thing but it's I didn't listen to it in the time so it's just like when we when we map out the time it takes to like go through all the drama that's associated with not listening to our intuition, like it, I feel like we all have the time to like take five deep breaths and kind of listen to our body. Oh, for sure, you could save yourself a lot of um, strife, I, I think, in in the big picture. Um, but again, you know, if you're not in the habit, then that's that takes practice. That's something you have to retrain yourself to do. Um, and we talked a little bit about cultural conditioning. Um, I was recently, um, I was recently in the South and um, had an interesting experience with meeting someone who was clearly stressed out and upset and angry and tight inside and like the energy between us it was difficult. But this person was able to keep the mask on and the smiley and the sugarcoat everything. And um, I think sometimes we're conditioned by um, you know these old narratives of. Um, you know, well, if you, if you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all, or, you know, don't, don't show, you know, don't show your ugly, don't, don't air your dirty laundry, you know, keep those negative feelings to yourself, and, um, you know, while, while I do think a certain degree of, um, you know, social composure is important, you know, when we're dealing um, uh, with others, I, I think we get further in our um, in our social experiences, if we can just allow authentic presencing and and we can own you know being cranky or being irritated, but um, you know not create all this other energy around it. Um, but again, that's something that uh, is, is not a habit so much. You know, we've gotten used to faking it or gotten used to wearing masks, and it's almost socially acceptable to be that way as opposed to being real, right? So. Um, you know, some of it's retraining, too, and not worrying about um, other people's approval or trying to control things, you know, or running our own agenda. But, um, you know, all the effort it takes to, to fake it, you know, imagine if you put all that energy into just being, just loving yourself enough to accept all parts of yourself, even the ugly parts, you know, and then just allowing that presence in all your exchanges you know, if we were doing more of that, there would also be a stronger voice. Um, the intuition would, you have more, more trust, more faith in the intuition. It would get even stronger. Yeah, yeah. And it, it is like a muscle, right? The, the more that we learn that we can use it, it, it it's there for us to use. It's, it's like how I like to view the yoga practice. But like, we're not necessarily going onto the mat every single day so we can, you know, have amazing biceps or whatever. But I, I think we go there so we can practice our ability to center our energy inward and ability to calm ourselves with our breath. And, and then in the moment when I, I don't think we practice so we can be awesome on the mat, I think we practice so we can step off of the mat and be awesome in our lives when somebody comes at us in a way that we're like, 
you know, we, we can hold our presence in a different way than when we're totally unpracticed in that. Um, you got it. Yep. And something you said earlier too, uh, just that like I, I I know for myself and a lot of a lot of the women that I work with is that we feel chronically overscheduled, and people will mm-hmm. ask us to do things and saying no is such a hard thing, and it's always like what's the excuse? Like, and do I lie? Do I make something up? I don't really want to do it. But I found that like if I say like my intuition, like it just doesn't feel right, or my intuition is telling me no, nobody ever argues with that. It's, oh, it, I think it maybe catches people <laughs> off guard, but there's, you right, can't really right. argue with it. Like, it's like if your intuition is telling you no, like, there's nothing we can really do about that. Right, and maybe that creates conditions for them to trust theirs more and then, you know, uh, use that same reference point, you know, if there's something they can't do or, or their intuition is guiding them, you know, in a different way, then they would feel safe to share that or to say that because you've opened the way for that. Yeah, so that, that's good too. Um, I find with the saying no that this has also been a place I've had to work to get better at because I was definitely a yes gal for a long time and never wanted to turn anybody down. Um, but um, keeping things just moment to moment or um, situational. So if somebody asks me to do something and I can't, I might just say, oh, not this time or sorry, no, I, I can't, you know, now. Um, but keep the way open for them to ask again or, you know, to let them know it, it might not be convenient in this moment, but that doesn't mean um, like I'm rejecting them all across the board or I will never say yes to this at another time, you know. Um, trying to stay as receptive as possible while still honoring um, your, your personal needs and desires. I, I think that's really um, a great focus to have. And one of the harder balancing acts and in grown-up life, for sure. <laughs> but, um, yeah, maybe that piece also helps if anyone out there is struggling with that same issue of having to say no sometimes. I, I, think, it's, I think it's huge, actually. Um, I, was, I was looking at my website, Traffic, and I, I wrote this blog post last year. It's called How to Disappoint Other People While, while Staying True to Yourself. I think that's what it's called. Mm. And 25% of all of my website traffic comes from that blog post. So like I've written like I think at this point like hundreds of blog posts and um but it, so it, to me it it really I think it's really deep for us that we and I I think it, just to recognize that like it comes from a good place is that we don't want to hurt anyone you know we want we and I think a lot of us just want sure. our yes sayers because we want to say yes to our lives but like to I think to look at the bigger picture of like, well, what does it hurt? If you're saying yes to somebody else and you're saying no to yourself over and over and over again, like what does that really like add up to? Uh-huh. Um, that's, yeah, do you, I mean, do you deal with that with your clients? Do you feel like you see that, that pattern? Um, that my clients have that same issue or me in relationship with the clients? Oh, I guess we let your clients have that same issue, but whatever comes to mind. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do. I actually was just on a call before this one um, with a woman in New York who's having some trouble uh, with the system with one of her children uh, being in school and um, the, the school really pushing for this child to, um, you know, go in this direction and the mom doesn't feel the child needs to go in that direction. Um, but having a hard time, um, yeah, saying no or being convicted in her, her stance and her beliefs. Um, and it's like you said, it's that same, it comes from that same place, like don't want to ruffle any feathers, don't want to upset anybody or don't want to um, hold 
an alternative view because it might be unpopular or I'll be seen as an upstart or whatever. But yeah, at what cost? Because at the end of the day, if she doesn't speak her truth and speak out for her kid, you know, she's with that kid at the end of the day, you know. Um, she's with herself and has to live with that decision, you know. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that there, there is um, a little bit more of a, uh, again, collective uh, wound maybe we have around voice or around, uh, you know, power that uh, we're, we're trying to evolve into some new paradigms now, into some, some new consciousness. Um, and, and every time a woman will do this, or any time anyone will do this, um, that strengthens us. That tips the scales. So, um, you know, in meditation practice, we say, you know, you, you start your meditation to, um, you know, help yourself and, and to make your life better. But then eventually you're, you're meditating, you know, to be a benefit to others and for the positive merit of that meditation to reach as many people as possible. So, you know, I, I encourage people to do this not only for themselves, but just to help us move forward as a society, um, as a species, you know, uh, just trying to find new ways of being, new ways of relating. And, uh, yeah, yeah, being in our totality by using all of these gifts that we have. You know, we're not here just to be minds or just to be bodies, you know, or even just to be feelings, just to be hearts. You know, the the system works best if you're working all of it (laughs) together and and you know when to, um, you know, yield in, in this direction or that. Mm. I, I so appreciate what you're saying around around the collective of all of this because it just made me feel like some relief when I heard it. But like, it, I, this is these we don't really have great role models. I think to be able to like be these like women in charge of our own lives and totally autonomous. And I, I think that we, you know, for so many generations in our history, have have had to be dependent on what other people want for us. And so uh-huh. we're, I think we're sensing that we have this power. And But what I see happening in myself and other people is when we don't do it perfectly, we kind of beat ourselves up about it. So we feel like it's our personal flaw or fault. But uh-huh. what I'm hearing and what you're saying is that, like, this is something that we can make a breakthrough. Even men can help us. You know, we, I think we all can, like, speak our truth in a more powerful way. And that it's, I think when we don't, when we, it's sort of paradoxical. It's like if we don't individualize it, then it opens up more space that we can do it for the collective, but then yet we each have to do our own personal practice. It's like we can't just like, I think the activism of like the past years have showed us that if we don't do any kind of personal work on ourselves, we'll just get angry and intolerable. Like we, mm-hmm. need, we need these like deeper meditation practices so we can advocate for the whole and really seeing ourselves as being connected in that way. But, but that really asks us like for a big, a big shift because we really have to see ourselves as like part of a movement if we're really going to embrace that. Mm-hmm. And these are amazing times for all of that because we're, we're in a place in our evolution, um, the evolution of consciousness. Um, we've never been before. You know, people are waking up to all this power and, and the way they can use their minds to uh, manifest things they want in their lives and to create their realities. Um, we're, we're using more of our brains, you know, and we're seeing children being born um, you know, with the capacity to do things at young ages that took us, you know, 30 or 40 years to do or whatever. Um, And so, you know, the more people that are lit up about this and can put attention to it now, I I think will further us uh, even faster. 
So um, I think it's exciting. I don't think it has to be a heavy thing or daunting. Um, but I, you know, I, I work with people all over the world, and, and when I see these trends, you know, from from Canada to Africa. Um, where people are having very different, you know, experiences, but yet, you know, working the same um, trends, you know, being in the same grooves with their self-awareness and, you know, their strengthening their connection to all that is, that makes me excited. You know, that shows me that even cultural conditioning, you know, even our um, economic status or all the things we're processing right now with, with race and gender, even all that can melt away and, you know, we are interconnected in the sense that we're all here having a human experience and if we want to maximize the human potential, you know, that means getting in touch with um, these, these intelligences that live within us. And, yeah, there's no reason not to, I, I think, at this point. So that's my through line. That's what inspires me, and that's why I'm so glad that you asked me to talk on this today. So I hope some of this, um, you know, also uh, hits people in a positive way out there and, and they get inspired to, to live with this fullness and, um, you know, just in, in such an awakened way. Mm. I love. Where, I just love where you've taken it because it goes from like oh this personal doubt and indecision that we can have, and then how how much it, it does open up into this like realm of of inspiration. Um, so I really, it's, I think that's what it is. It's like if we have to stay inspired, and I I think conversation is one of the most amazing ways to stay inspired um, to see what unfolds. So it's really great to like have this conversation with you and and uh, you know feel your these insights come out. It's really amazing. <laughs> and you know, just I and just a note on all that too is that like it's part of it too is just really getting like intimate with with the struggle of all of it. That like I, I think it can be easy in a lot of ways. I think we can be I think self care can make it easy on ourselves to just like, okay, at the end of the day I, like these ten character flaws are still present in me and I haven't gotten all the stuff done that I wanted to get done. But like at the end of the day, like, I, I love myself, you know, and I, I'm, I'm something that's so much bigger than any one of these things. And, um, Absolutely. Yeah. That's a good view to hold. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And just to remember, you know, just what a, a blink uh, being alive is, right? I mean, this could go into some bigger um, philosophies now, but um, I'll just say simply, you know, uh, imagine yourself as an old, old lady now and uh, looking back at your life. You know, chances are in your 80s and 90s you're going to be like, wow, that went so fast, <laughs> you know. It was just a blink. So, you know, why waste any time, you know? Why not get started right now and be living that life to to the fullest, you know? Why waste any any of it, you know, because who knows what comes next. We've got all kinds of um, stories uh, that can uh, satisfy us in the now when we think ahead to that, but we don't know. So, you know, the best thing, I think, is just to uh, be in that totality, be in that fullness, be in that satisfaction uh, every moment of every day, and then nothing is lost or wasted, and there are no regrets when um, it is all said and done. Beautiful. Beautiful. Can can you tell people how they can how they can work with you and get in touch with you and, and what you do to to help mm. make these kind of transformations? I sure can. Um, the the easiest way is to uh, connect with me via uh, telephone. 
Um, I do talk counsel as the first session with anybody, uh, regardless of um, if we're going to be uh, in that kind of working relationship or uh, a mentoring relationship or if they're going to come out on a retreat or uh, meditate with me. Um, and mostly, uh, there just has to be a willingness to explore uh, themselves. The conversation is kind of like uh, mirror work. Uh, we go back and forth and talk and, and reflect. Um, so yeah, that, that's, that's pretty much the key. Um, people can find me um, online at um, uh, Janutsa.com. And um, I'm based in, the, in North America right now. Um, I did want to mention that if uh, any of your clients do give a call and they mention this podcast, um, I will offer a discount on the first visit fees. Um, so I'm, I'm happy to be collaborating with you and all the exciting people that follow you as well, Gracie. So we'll have that little, uh, that little bonus in here this, this time around. Um, but yeah, Janice.com, that's where you find me. <laughs> yeah, thank uh, you. This has been really exciting. <laughs> I enjoy like it. <laughs> yeah, I feel excited too. I feel like whatever came out in the conversation, I just felt um, like, yeah, like it uplifted any kind of like personal stuff into like a, a more universal space. So it's, um, and from my, I, I did a one-on-one follow-up session with, uh, with Jenny after before, and I felt the same way. Like I feel like it just liberated a lot in me. So I, I highly recommend um, if, if you are ready to want to trust your intuition or even understand what that means, if disappointing other people is like a, a chronic pattern for you, like any, any of these topics, like I, I think you would be in very, very sweet hands if you're working with Jenny. So um, mm. Thank you so yeah. much, my dear. <laughs> you're welcome. Well, thanks for being here. And um, if, if it's all right with you, I'd love to have you back sometime when we can, we can dive into another topic. That sounds great. I would love to do like that. <laughs> yes. Awesome. All right. Okay, well, well thanks, thanks everybody. Time, Gracie. Yay. You're so welcome. <laughs> thanks, everyone, listening. And always with all these podcasts, like, I think just, like, pick one or two little, like, whatever excited you most in this, in this conversation, just, like, marinate on that a little while and journal about it and, and hold it in your next couple of days and see what starts to come. But don't feel like you have to get it all done right away because we've got, got a long history behind us and ahead of us. So thanks, everyone. Have a good rest of your day. Bye-bye. Hi, this is Gracie with Beautiful Life Self-Care. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I hope you learned something new. If you want to connect more, then visit me at selfcarewithgracie.com. There you can sign up for my weekly newsletter where on Wednesday afternoons, I'll send you more self-care practices, more inspiration, and more opportunity to connect to a community of people who really care about really good self-care. Also, write me if you have any other questions or if you have ideas for future shows. My email address is selfcarewithgracie at gmail.com. Thanks a lot, and remember, keep putting yourself first, and everything else will fall into place.